the Irish Times Inside Business podcast in association with Davy. It's amazing what you discover when you really listen. Hello and welcome to Inside Business with Kieran Hancock, a podcast from the Irish Times. My guest this week is Pat McCann, Chief Executive of Delata, the country's biggest hotel chain. We spoke about the impact of the current level five restrictions on Delata's business, how the group is dealing with cases of COVID in one of its Irish properties, and why Santa Claus won't be visiting his hotels this Christmas. Now, Pat McCann, Chief Executive of Delata Hotels, welcome back to Inside Business. We had you on about six months ago. Uh, at the height of the original lockdown, and you were talking at that stage about having essentially budgeted for a lockdown until September. Uh, it didn't quite work out that way. The economy opened up a little bit before then, but we're back in lockdown effectively now. So maybe you can just update us on how the past six or seven months have gone for Delata. Grand. Uh, thank you. I'm delighted to be back again, um, having a conversation. And, and obviously, um, we're, we're in a very movable place. Uh, Things, uh, plans change virtually by the day. Um, and while uh, we had a really good kind of July, August and into September, it, it worked uh, well for us. Following on from that, obviously, as we got into October and there was talk about further lockdowns, that meant then that we had to revert back to where we were back last April. But uh, what we've done is we have kept all our hotels operational uh, so we have nothing closed and have no plans to close anything. And essentially, the type of business we're doing is very similar to what we did in, in April and, and, and May, which is really frontline construction uh, guys, things like that, where essentially they're considered essential workers. Yeah, sure. I, but I mean, you must be losing money every week just having the hotels open. I mean, what, what kind of occupancy are you doing at the minute in the hotels? Well, it varies from hotel to hotel, but it's it's around the 20 to 25% on average. Now, some of them are slightly better. Some of them are, are obviously lower than that. But essentially, the cost of, of uh, shutting down and reopening and all of that that goes with that. And the, the fact is that, you know, a hotel is not a building that you can just shut down and leave it. Um, essentially, you have to keep it live, keep it keep it secured, all of the things. And when we weighed up, the, the the whole process, it actually is better for us to remain operational because the other problem that you have is from once you shut down, it takes you quite a while to get a match fit to reopen. Um, and, and it's down to making sure that all of the health and safety things still continue as normal. So for us, it made absolute sense to remain operational wherever we could. And we took the view that we would review it on an ongoing basis and so far, uh, at the, where I'm at today, we have no intention of, of doing anything with the hotels other than what we're at at this moment. Right, OK. But presumably the hotels are burning through your cash flow at the minute. Well, they would be anyway. Uh, but, but essentially, um, because we are taking in some cash, that, that is supporting some of the activity. So that's, that's absolutely fine. So it's, it's, it's almost a zero-sum game in that sense. And and because we have it down to a kind of fine art now in terms of how we manage, uh, we're we're we are not burning through as much cash as people could imagine. Now, Pat, obviously you operate in different jurisdictions, uh, Britain and Ireland, and in Ireland and the Republic, we went into this phase five, level five lockdown uh, a couple of weeks ago, and we're going to be there until early December. But 
Uh, in England, they've only just gone into sort of the highest level of lockdown again. That's just happened um, this week today, I think, actually. So how difficult has it been for you to to manage that situation where some of your hotels are in a different stage of lockdown to others? That's always quite challenging, but I suppose the UK, uh, by its nature, was different anyway because we, we operate in different regions of the UK and because it's such a very large market, um, it meant that we had to have a a simple plan for each of the properties as opposed to a, like in Ireland, you can have a broad brush plan for all of them. In the UK, we've had to have a plan for each property. And that's worked quite well. So, for example, if I take Cardiff uh, in, in Wales, where essentially most hotels have been closed uh, down, uh, we we have been allowed to remain open because of the, first of all, the the fine safety programs we have in place. And we were able to demonstrate that uh, but more importantly, we have some essential business in there, which we've managed right through the period. So as I say, each location is very different, behaves very differently. Each of them has a different requirement. Uh, and I've just my previous call to this was with our head of UK operations, Emma Dalton. And we had agreed exactly what's happening because on the other side of the coin, of course, is we have quite a bit of construction going on in the UK, you know, where we have two hotels in Glasgow, two in Manchester, one in Bristol you know, one in London uh, and Birmingham and Liverpool to come down the line. So we have a lot of construction going on or planning for construction. So all of that has to be taken care of. And that didn't cease during lockdown and won't cease either, by the way. Yeah, it's interesting that uh, in spite of the pandemic, in spite of the current lockdown and the fact that the hotel sector, not just in Ireland, but, you know, across uh, Europe and in the United States is in a very bad place at the minute because there's so little uh, air travel going on, there's so little custom for you guys. In spite of all of that, you've decided to go ahead and lease uh, two new hotels in the UK, in, in Brighton and Manchester. Correct, yeah. And and again, you know, when I look at the deals we were able to get done on those two properties, and be clear about it, they're what we call post-COVID deals. They're not done on pre-COVID pricing. So it's very attractive for us. And like the location we have in Brighton, uh, we wouldn't. We were out of the game on that one, essentially. And we uh, we came back in because of our balance sheet and because then we came together and, and we've done a great deal for the, for the two parties. Uh, it was unlikely pre-COVID that we might have got that deal. Uh, and pretty similar in Manchester, it may have been difficult as well to get a deal like we've got. So what we're doing is we're taking advantage of the situation that we now are presented with. And you know, uh, we are beginning to see opportunities in London where we couldn't get in, quite frankly, because we won't pay the heady prices that were being paid. So we're actively engaged on a number of opportunities. Nothing nothing that I can say we're anywhere near doing anything, but, but essentially it's much more encouraging for us. And let's be clear about all of this. Uh, at some point, this terrible... Uh, virus will will end. We, we we have to believe that. And even though there may be challenges for the next 12, 18 months, we believe that in reality that it will end and then there will be a lot of demand because a lot of people won't survive, quite frankly. Uh, but we will. Yeah, sure. Maybe let's just talk about that because Pat King, um, Chief Executive of the Doyle Collection, an Irish hotel group, it has uh, hotels in Ireland, the UK, and in Washington, D.C., and people probably best know it for the, the Westbury Hotel 
in Dublin. And he was saying um, that on foot of their results um, there the other day, that it could take up until the end of 2022 for a substantive recovery in the market to take place. Now, he did say that he saw staycations and short haul demand coming back a bit uh, before that. But nonetheless, it's and in fact, if you talk to a lot of commentators in the aviation industry, some of them say it could be up to seven years before we get back to pre-pandemic levels. Yeah, and I, I suppose I'd be a bit more optimistic than that. And by the nature of me anyway, I'm, I'm always kind of my glass is always more than half full. So like, like I've, I've always said, very simply put, that, that 21 will be a year when we'll start the rebuild of the business. 22 will be when we continue to see momentum coming through on that. But it won't be back to 2019 levels. So we're not a million miles apart of where we see the business and where, where we see it shaping up over the next couple of years. So to, to, to our mind, hopefully, and there's, there's pretty good news out on vaccines this morning, uh, hopefully they, they will uh, continue. Uh, and if that's the case, like, like a lot of our corporates, our large corporates tell us that they, they have a real need to get people back into Ireland because obviously we have a lot of FDI business uh, which, which affects us as well. So, and, and, and they're still, um, I suppose, motoring along. So for us, getting that kind of corporate, but equally on the leisure side, we're seeing lots of demand coming in from overseas, assuming, assuming that people feel safe uh, we think that uh, travel will will pick up much quicker than people anticipate. Yeah, just on the travel restrictions, uh, Tony Holhan was in front of uh, an Oireachtas Transport Committee yesterday and he didn't really give much comfort in relation to an easing of travel restrictions uh, coming up to Christmas. Obviously, we're going to be in lockdown until early December or level five um, restrictions will apply until then. Um, but he kind of poured cold water in hopes that the air, air restrictions might be eased before Christmas um, and very much said that it was going to depend on, on the data at that time. So uh, how, is Christmas, how, how is Christmas going to be uh, impacted at the latter? What, what are you planning for at the minute? Well, you see, I suppose it's one of the myths around our, our business is that, that everybody thinks we're a bit like retail, that we make a lot of our money in December. Uh, and while we're busy, it's busy with food and beverage, which is, is much lower margin than our accommodation business. So our kind of key months are like September, October, November. And then if I take on the other side, March, April, May. So they'd be the kind of the key months for us as opposed to December, where we do a lot of turnover, but it doesn't generate a lot of profits. So I, I like, I, like I, I'm, I've taken the view that, that nothing will be happening. Uh, during the month of December for us. And that's the way we've planned it. Now, what I believe may happen is that there may be lifting of some of the restrictions uh, that might get us back to level two or level three. And that's that's kind of where our heads are at. Uh, and, and then that means that we can go back taking some of our leisure guests. But I, there, there'll be no big parties. There'll be no um, massive entertaining. That, that simply won't happen this December. And and we've taken the view that for us to actually think that we might get some of this business would be fundamentally wrong. So therefore, we're focused on, you know, making sure we continue to do the right things. And that'll, that, that focus will continue right into the first quarter of 21. We don't expect any real change kind of before we get into the second quarter of 21. No Santa Claus at the latter this year? Unfortunately, no. 
Um, and um, it's, um, I suppose, there's, there's a sadness about that, but the, the reality is that, you know, uh, we have to weather this and make sure we weather it well. And, and like, Delata is lucky in the fact that it's got a good balance sheet with great assets and, and um, plenty of cash. So for us, while it's a challenge, um, we're in a far better position than most of our European peers. So, so, and, and that's, that's a factor because of the way we set the business up and, and the cautious nature of our balance sheet. Pat, have you any sense of how many hotels might not reopen in Ireland as a result of the pandemic? They're, they're simply just going to go to the wall? Well, that's a big unknown at the moment. Um, and, and, and like when you look at all of the hotels that are closed today across the country, um, it's quite frightening the numbers that have actually closed down. How many are we talking about? Well, you're probably talking about in the hundreds at this point that have actually closed. Um, and and that, that is going to be a challenge uh, for, for all of those to get back up and running um, and build their whole systems and structures and all of that. And that, that can prove very costly, actually. Uh, so, so that's why we've taken a very different route where we'll continue to run our business um, as best we see it, minimizing our cash outflow. And, th- and that's really where it's focused on. Now, you're presenting a positive picture, or as positive as it can be in the circumstances, but in the first half of the year, you, uh, the company made a loss of 71 million euro. And I presume in the second half of the year, it's going to, uh, there's going to be significant losses again. So how long can you guys uh, weather the storm? I know you raised some money in September, I think of the order of 94 million euro, but how long can you weather this storm yourself? Yeah, just be careful about the losses because the, the bulk of the losses that we reported uh, were really down to impairments. So they were actually property valuations or impairment of goodwill. So non-cash items. So the, the fact that, they, that they're non-cash items, while it's important, um, is, is temporary by its nature. And we would expect particularly the, the, the property values to rise again at some point in the future. Um, so I, I like, I like from an EBITDA level, we, we made 10 million in the first half. So, so that, that to my mind is, is, is a mark of how the underlying business has managed to cope without the noise of, of all of the other valuations that we have to contend with. So, you know, as long as it doesn't really, uh, take my cash away, I'm, I'm, while, I'm concerned about it. I'm not deeply concerned about it. And the and the other important thing for us, Kieran, is is the fact that, you know, we have met all our obligations during the period. We have made sure that 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 all our key, I suppose, um, contacts are 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 dealt with in a very fair and reasonable way. And that's exactly what's happened. And that will stand to us as well, um, as as we emerge from this. Yeah, sure. What about the government supports that have been offered, Pat? I'm just wondering, uh, on one level, what you guys have tapped uh, as a group, both in Ireland and the UK. And secondly, uh, let's just focus on Ireland. Has the government done enough to support the hospitality sector? You did get the 9% VAT rate in the budget, which had been campaigned for. Um, but of course, you're not generating much by way of income at the minute, so that's probably um, not much of a benefit right now. And and let, let me say to you, like, like the, the, the benefit of the, the VAT, while, while important, um, it, it'll be more important as we get beyond 21 when we start rebuilding the businesses. So I, I think we need to be looking at that as a more long-term thing. But to be fair to the government, uh, they moved quickly. 
albeit with an imperfect uh, plan, but 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 look, it's it's been good. It's allowed us to keep our teams in place. So I'd I'd be very complimentary about all of the elements uh, of the government supports, including the changeover from from the wage systems in at, at the beginning of September. That's that's fine. That allows you to manage your business well, um, and uh, so I I I think government has done a lot, um, and I'd encourage them to to keep a very close eye on what is a critical business because. I think I think one of the things that COVID has brought to light is the fact that that our industry reaches parts of Ireland's business world that people don't even think about. Like, if you look at all of the technology companies that are are, are de- totally dependent on on our thing, even our bed manufacturers. You know, if I look at people like Northern Feather and Westport, you know, making pillows and duvets and all of those things. All, all of those businesses, and there's hundreds and hundreds of those businesses who essentially have got no business. Um, so it's it's a much larger reach. And I think we as an industry have done a poor job at getting out there the value of, dare I describe it, the overall hospitality. And I'm using a very broad brush to describe that. So I think I think there needs to be a, a, a refocus on that. Like my my objective at some point in the future would be to get this as an economic ministry as opposed to and with all due respects to Catherine Martin it's nothing to do with her the fact is that we need to be in an economic ministry because we do as a large industry contribute a lot to Irish society as well as the Irish economy. So when you say within an economic ministry what do you mean? It should be no different to any of the IDA-backed businesses or anything like that that's that's essentially where where this industry should sit, um, because because again, you know, when you talk about regional spread and the things that it does, if you take the entire Western Seaboard, uh, like it, it, it'll be difficult enough enough to get FDI business there. But tourism and the hospitality and all of the business that support that uh, can can survive very well there, and in fact thrive there. So why shouldn't it be a full economic ministry? Okay, have you made this point to the government? I, I'm in the process with 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 my IBEG hat, um, where we're looking at now as what we're calling the experience economy, and we're looking at how we can get a focus and a structure around that to actually talk to government. We're not quite there yet, but we're getting there. All right. Well, hopefully, Catherine Martin doesn't take a slice uh, on that because obviously the minister, you know, she's minister for tourism and has been a senior cabinet post now for. Uh, a number of years. Um, of course, you're a former president of IPEC as well, I should mention, only recently um, stood down. At Davy, we know your well-being should be financial as well as personal. And now when it's a little more challenging, if you're in a position where you have a pension, it's never been more important to get active. So talk to one of our trusted advisors now and we can help you find a solution for your pension needs. A solution that could help you feel better about your financial future. Let's start the conversation. Call us today or search Davy. Davy, it's not just business, it's personal. Janey Davy, trading as Davy, is regulated by the Central Bank of Ireland. We take our responsibilities personally. Just wondering, uh, Pat, any thoughts on Trump or Biden where this is the morning after uh, people have uh, polled, uh, have voted in America and we're still awaiting the outcome. Uh, it's on a knife edge. In terms of the hospitality industry in Ireland, does it matter whether it's Donald Trump or Joe Biden? 
I, not not particularly, to be honest with you. Uh, I mean, I, I suppose the key element for us is that, like, the U.S. is a stable and thriving economy. That's that's the key to it. And whether who the personality in the White House doesn't particularly matter that much from our industry. It's it's all about stability and about how it behaves. I suppose towards the rest of the world. That's that's really important. No different than the U.K., quite frankly, because they're the two big economies. That that essentially keep Ireland in in all its essence alive. So that's it's important for us as as a a nation to have a good stability both in in our in the US and in the UK. Pat, just wondering, a lot of people are nervous about travelling abroad. Uh, they're not sure whether they should get in an airplane with a whole bunch of strangers, you know, in the middle of a pandemic, and not sure really whether they should be. And I know the government has put in place travel restrictions, but setting that aside. Uh, would you be happy to travel abroad, uh, even uh, let's say in the middle of next year? Would you be happy to go on a summer holiday somewhere, to get on a plane, uh, go somewhere foreign, stay in a hotel or stay in a resort, uh, and take a bit of time out? Absolutely, a hundred percent. I, I'll be honest with you. If we didn't have the restrictions, uh, I'd be I'd be on a plane today. Um, if if I could go and visit all my people in the UK, look at all my sites. That'd be my first port of call, and I would travel the entire length and breadth of the UK because that's where we are. So, am I nervous? And, and uh, not at all. And I'm getting to an age where, where you know, I'm I'm in the what would be termed the vulnerable category. Uh, so, um, but w- would I be nervous or worried? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. And I mean, you know, an aircraft can be one of the safest places you can be, um, and. You know, it's all about managing around that. And if you manage around it well and you take your own sensible precautions, then you, 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 your risks are much less than, than people imagine. But you have to be sensible. And that's the problem. Lots of people are not sensible. Pat, have there been COVID cases in a lot of hotels, either staff or customers? Uh, we've had very, very few staff uh, members, thankfully, and and and... Um, I suppose most of, the, in fact, all of them, the, the, the very small number who, who got COVID were actually contracted outside the business. Uh, we, we've had one or two experiences with guests who arrived with, with COVID. Um, and we have a very, in, in fact, I won't say which one of my hotels, but I have three people at the moment who are isolating. Um, and uh, we're obviously in conversation with the HSE. Um, and but we have a lot of great procedures in place that allows us to cope very safely with this. And the HSE uh, are very aware of what we do and how we do it, and would be very comfortable with what we do. So, so it it is an ongoing concern. But the procedures we have in place means that we have we limit the risk to our own people or other guests. So three people at the moment in in a Delada hotel are are isolating currently. Correct. And how do you manage that? How do they how do they isolate? How do you get meals from? How do you change their linen? So we have a system in place where where we have a very specific floor where they're they're allocated and they can't move off that floor. They can't move they can't leave the rooms essentially. And we provide uh, all meals. They're they're dropped at their door. They they uh, we don't uh, service the rooms. We do nothing like that. We leave them fresh linen and towels. They put in their old linen and and towels into special bags, which are then taken away for what we call hospital clean. 
Um, so we have a lot of good procedures. The other thing, obviously, that we have is is the the misting system, which 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 is very effective in controlling spread, and it means that you know that then when these guests part, these rooms will go through a special clean and sanitization before they're uh, let to any future guests. Right, and. These customers, are they locals? Do they come in from overseas? Are they frontline workers? They are they are frontline workers in the construction industry. Right, okay. And they're they're overseas. Okay. And they have to isolate for 14 days? They have to. Um, uh, we're obviously in discussion with the HSE as to how we'll manage this. Um, they, they may be taken from our property and put into City West. That's probably where the plan will be at this point in time. Right. Who picks up the bill for all this, Pat? In terms of? In terms of if somebody arrives at your hotel, they're, they're found to have symptoms and they test positive uh, and they have to isolate for 14 days. Maybe they, maybe they weren't planning to stay for 14 days. Well, essentially, because most, yeah, most of them are, are not paying their own accounts, they'll be picked up by their companies involved. So essentially, that's it. But like, like it's, it's, uh, it, it, in, in the sense, it's not huge, the cost of doing what we're doing. So it's it's not it's not that onerous. Must be worrying for staff, nonetheless. If if you know on a certain floor there are a few people who have coronavirus, um, there must be a certain nervousness about uh, dealing with those rooms, even if they're not entering them. Oh, absolutely. And 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 uh, but again, you know, everybody is fully briefed. Uh, there's nothing hidden. We don't we don't keep it from our people. Uh, they're fully aware of what's going on. So essentially, uh, it's. Uh, it's it's important that that everything is taken in perspective, and our staff are not uncomfortable with the procedures. Let me tell you, so they're aware of how we manage things, uh, and we don't take risks. Sure, uh, Pat, you mentioned your age. You're in your mid sixties now. A little beyond that. A little beyond that. Okay, I was being. I have I have a big birthday next year. Very good, very good. Um, this might have been the time when you were thinking of retirement, uh, perhaps, or uh, stepping back. Uh, and doing a bit less. What's, what's, uh, what's retirement? So I just wonder, has COVID pushed out that retirement date? Or what's Pat McCann's uh, plan for retirement at this stage? Uh, to be honest with you, I, I haven't even considered at this point. Uh, the last thing I'd want to do is start to consider something like this uh, until the company is back on a sounder footing and making sure that, you know, the team, and th- there's a fine team here, quite frankly, um, that run the business, um, but but rather than just say, I'm out of here, absolutely not. Yeah, so it sounds like you're, you're, you're going to be, not stuck there, but you're going to be, uh, you're going to have to remain in situ for a couple of years to come. Well, you sound like that's a penance, actually. Um, and in my case, uh, it's far from it. So, I mean, don't forget that I'm a sad individual, that, that, that my hobby is my work, and therefore I'm, I'm lucky I've got lots of stamina and energy and my health is good. And as long as all those things stay in place, you know, I can't see any reason why I should. Well, let's hope they do for a long time to come. Pat McCann, it's been great talking to you again. Thanks for bringing us up to date with the goings on at the Lada and for your views on the broader hospitality sector, especially among this uh, period of pandemic. And thank you for joining Inside Business. Thank you, Kieran. Okay, that's it for this week from Inside Business. My thanks to Pat McCann of the Lado Hotels for joining me on the show. Thanks also to our sponsor, Davy Group, for its continued support. 
Suzanne Brennan produced the show with JJ Vernon on sound. Remember, you can get the latest business news straight into your inbox by signing up to our Business Today email at irishtimes.com. You can also follow the Irish Times business feed on Twitter, LinkedIn and Facebook each day. I'm Kieran Hancock. Until next time, take care and stay safe. <laughs>